If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. My Pump. So for the first 45 minutes, we do our introductory current events conversation. We start off by talking about the ineffectiveness of yelling. That's right. This is why I'm yelling. <laughs> You're crazy, man! <laughs> we talk about my museum, San Francisco Tramp. We talk about Mind Pump's Tampa trip. We had a good time over there talking to a couple friends of ours, Ben Pakulski being one of them. Yeah. I mentioned Green nice Chef. Green Chef delivers meals that you cook at home. What a great way to- uh, Excited about this sponsor, man. Oh, yeah. oh, mostly organic food, very high quality. Uh, we are sponsored by them. I might now. even help you, honey. If you want to try them out, is what you do. Go to greenchef.us forward slash mind pump, and you're going to get $50 off your first box. Then we talk about reducing the risk of getting sick by using cold contrast. A new study came out showing 29% reduction in sick days. Hmm. We also mentioned the new sauna that we have here at Mind Pump headquarters from Sunlighten. Now, we like it so much that we got a deal for you. If you go to sunlighten.com and order yourself an infrared uh, sauna and you tell them you heard it through Mind Pump, you'll get free shipping. That shipping Ooh. can get expensive too with yeah, those big old things. Oh, yeah. It'll cost sauna. like 500 or 1,000 bucks just to get that sucker shipped. So you'll save all that. Wow. wow. We also talk about the dangers of using vape cigarettes. Uh, might still be better for yeah. you than regular cigarettes. Here's a danger. You look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about paying college athletes. Should they be paid or should they still be paid under the table? Mm. And then we mentioned Organifi's Gold Drink. They are also one of our sponsors. If you go to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MINDPUMP, you will get a discount. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, this individual has Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune issue that attacks the thyroid what is our opinion on the autoimmune protocol diet or other diets for autoimmune issues? Now, we did mention Thrive Market there because you can go to Thrive Market and actually pull down drop-down menus and do something like paleo, which in this case may benefit them. They are also one of our sponsors. If you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get one month free, $20 off your first three orders of more, uh, $49 or more, excuse me, and free shipping. And then the next question we get into was what is the best MAPS program for fat loss or what is the best programming for fat loss in general? We talk about our HIT program. It is the, mo the probably the best calorie-burning program we have. Yes. However, it's not for everybody. Find out it's for, if it's for you in this episode. And finally, the last question, how important is the mind-muscle connection? Thinking about the muscle, squeezing the muscle, feeling the muscle, does it matter or should you just do the exercises what do we know about this? Can you feel also, it? Also, this month we did launch our new program, Maps Hit. We talk about it in this episode. Go check it out at mindpumpmedia.com. It is a hit program, so your workouts are 15 to 25 minutes, depending on your level of fitness. You also talk about Maps Prime in this one, I too. do mention Maps Prime as well. Uh, these programs uh, and information on these programs can all be found at mindpumpmedia.com. T-shirt time, and we had 40 reviews. 40? Four zero. So we called for him last That's week. That's almost as old as Sal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Technically, Crazy. it's older, but whatever. <laughs> so we're what? giving away 10 shirts. That's a record right there, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Wow. So starting with Sam Ho 216, JW 3571, Beth 5.0, Jimmer Hammy, Pre-Workout Sock 69, Jacqueline Fitch. <laughs> Gotta add that 69. Schlagermeister, Rich EW3, Lynn Marie Church, Yaz Chronic, all of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Those definitely sound like listeners. Fire it up before you go, go. Damn. Huh? I'm going to leave Adam there going solo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He can do it all by himself, Justin. I know. I, I, I have faith in him. One of the people in the world that I would never write listen, off is Adam. So I feel listen, like if he when put it's his t-shirt mind, time, yeah, I count on <laughs> oh that my God, every dude. time. Yeah. T-shirt time. Can you not scream loud? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can actually. When you get in big fights with like Katrina, do you ever yell? <laughs> no, we, I'm not a yeller at all. In <laughs> fact, that's like a that's a non-negotiable for me. Me too. I, I hate I've, that. I've been in relationships, no joke. We, I could have been dating a girl for nine months to a year and a half, and if she like snaps on me like that, or yells, or screams, or raises a hand, or does anything like that, like literally, oh, like, go it. kick rocks. No, like packing your bag for you, setting it out on the my front. I've done this. Yeah. Like you're gone. Like that's it. Like that's in, that, I don't. The fact that you would ever let it escalate to a point like that with me, right, just doesn't it, emotionally unstable. And I know that I'm probably a little more extreme with that because. Of what I how I grew up, so I, I'm very very you like sensitive real, to it. Yeah, fast. very. I can't sta- I can't stand it either. I feel like it's a very uh, primitive, uh, you know, just non intelligent way of communicating. Like you know, it's awful. You're gonna scream. It's like a Nathaniel, dude. Yeah. I just feel like it's you. You anybody who understands anything about communication knows that when two people are angry and yelling at each other. No matter what you say, nothing is effectively communicated or received by the yeah. other person. So, what the fuck is the what, point? Yeah, yeah. Like nothing if I was resolved, if I and and I'm not immune to getting that angry, right? I'm not immune to getting so angry that I want no, to. It's a normal thing, right? So, if I ever feel myself get that angry, I just leave. I just leave the situation. Let's wait till later. Until yeah, wait till out. later till I can calm down. But that, my that, a lot of times that makes people more like pissed off you know because yeah. they want to like yeah they want to react they want to engage but i'll even say that i was like like you obviously want to engage in a fight right now and i'm just not going to do that with you so we can talk later when we're both ready to communicate yeah. this and i'll just walk away uh, so, that's a tough totally. one yeah that's a tough one yeah i mean hitting is fine but yelling i wouldn't yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know what i think Throwing, breaking stuff i have a theory i think and i may be wrong but here's my theory i i, I wonder if if women are more likely to yell in arguments than men are because they because of the like you ever seen women at bars will get in a guy's face because they know socially the guys can't do anything yeah like like very rarely do you see men do that to each other because there's always that threat of violence right like if you get in a guy's face in a bar and you're a man you're doing so knowing that this could very well turn out into a physical fight and i'm kind of asking for it whereas you know, the societally think, speaking, women know like, oh, this guy's not going to do anything because we're in public, and if he does, everyone's going to destroy him. Type right. of this deal, is where know? like I love Bill Burr because like he covers a lot of this in his uh, stand up, you know, and it's just like that that whole thing. Like he, you know what a punch in the face feels like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whereas some sometimes you know that 
like you said, the they keep antagonizing the fight where it's like, no, don't you know? But they don't have the conse- same consequence that's staring right back. So at them. my yeah. my I have a friend uh, a friend who female. And she, I was talking to her one day and she's like, man, she's like, most terrifying thing happened to me yesterday. And I'm like, well, what happened? She's like, well, this guy cut me off in his car. So I pulled up next to him and I flipped him off and we started yelling at each other back and forth. And so I didn't let him merge and he almost, I I almost ran him off the freeway because he pissed me off. And then he followed me and then I got into traffic and he opened the door and tried to get out of his car and I was freaking out. And I, I wanted to tell her like, not that you deserve like any kind of like physical or whatever, but I told her like, what the fuck yeah. did you like? Why did you provoke that? Stop, like don't engage in that shit. You know what I mean? What no. do you think people yeah. are going to be like super cool with you? Just cause yeah. you're, you know what I mean? Like, like oh man, you got oh, me. You're, small, yeah. you're smaller than me. Uh, I'm not going to freak you. You know what I mean? No. I might, they might yeah, get aggressive. People, well, there's definitely, I definitely think there's, there's women that understand that and that, use that to their their advantage i mean i grew up in a home that was much like that my you know i grew those that know i grew up in an abusive home and not so much abusive to me but abusive to each other as far as my my mom and my stepdad and i was the oldest so when i got older you know when we were young you you kind of you kind of gravitate towards your mom and you whatever mom says if mom says that he's an asshole he's a bad guy and so you want to blame him but as i got older I started to, I was in the middle of a lot of the fights. I was the one separating them or talking to the cops when they showed up to the house. And much of the fights that I saw that my parents had that went physical was my mom antagonizing my stepfather. I mean, I've seen her, I've literally seen her chase him around the house with a frying pan or a knife and, you know, he'd run into a bathroom and lock himself in the bathroom from her and then trying to yell at her with the door cracked open and her punching him through the door like... So I've seen my mom do some shit that it's like, fuck what? I mean, not, he has no right to touch you or put hands on you, but at the same time too, like, nor do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, where, where, yeah, right. where do you draw the line for her? And, you know, she got to a point where once they had a record, this was really dirty, right? Once that, once the cops have been called out a few times on domestic violence like that, you know, he gets his strikes. And so once my stepdad had two strikes, you know, one more strike on domestic violence like that, he'll go locked up for a long time. So my mom knew that. And so she would antagonize that all the time. She would fuck That's with him. She up. would fuck with him. And then when the fight would get really crazy and escalated, she'd grab the phone and she'd look at him like, take a step further, motherfucker, and I'll call right now. And you're going to go to jail for two years plus, you know? So she used to do that. So she could totally fuck with him all she wanted. And once he had, once he had that, I saw one time, I'll, I'll never forget this fight where, uh, my mom had bruises all up and down her forearms and she had bruises because she was swinging at my stepdad and he was, he had his arms up over his head, covering his head the whole time. And her forearms are colliding with, with his. And so she had all these bruises when the cop showed up to the the house that, you know, he's, she had blamed all the bruises on him for hitting her. Oh wow! And so, you know, one of his strikes oh, came sucks. that way. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and that's not to say that all women do that at no, all. No, I'm, no, 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 no. I would never. No, would no, no, no. Never, m- never say that. But I think I don't think it's ever okay to. I here's the thing too. I don't just extend this to women. I don't think it's okay to physically assault anybody that you know you can physically dominate. Um, unless you're defending yourself. When you defend yourself, everybody has a right to defend themselves. So, yeah. you know, a, a 12 year old kid with a knife, you know, comes at me. 
you know, they could they could hurt me with a knife, even though they're a twelve year old kid. Right. So I have every right to lay them out. Right. So yeah. so so that of course always, but I also think there's that, you know, you have to be um so you have to be able to judge like, okay, like I know this person's yelling at me, but they're way smaller, I'm way bigger, and as annoying as it is, uh it I'm not gonna physically assault this individual unless mm-hmm. I have to defend myself. And even then I would use uh, a force that is, uh, I guess, justifiable. Like, if I need to block, like if if a, if a little kid's gonna hit me, and I'm gonna, I don't defend myself with full force, right? Mm-hmm. I might block with my hands or something like that. So, but that's up to the individual. So I get all that. But yeah, man, no yelling and yelling and uh, uh, just yelling in general. I, I know that it exists for a reason and, and it's effective in some cases. But when you're arguing with another adult or talking about things, I don't see how yelling helps. For the most part, I feel like it, it only escalates it and turns it into something where there's no more communication. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right. Now it's just who's louder it, and it usually. I mean, from my experience, it's people that they can't they can't like articulate what they want to say, and so that's like the net. Well, they get frustrated because it's like, well, they're not receiving what I want them to receive, so I'm just gonna overpower them by ah raising my voice. Dude, I grew up in a. I mean, there was no abuse in my in my household. At least I don't know if it's if it could be classified as abuse because it was verbal abuse. Too. But dude. Uh, I mean, in my my parents' culture, it is yelling is like that's a part of the culture. Like everybody yells. Oh yeah, all I've, the time. I've been. At, have you ever been at like uh, your friend's house and like their parents get into it? Oh man, so awkward. That those were my parents. Bro. Yeah, that okay, was. So I was I been at your house, been like, ah, uh, I was like, a kid. Oh, shit, so embarrassing, dude. It was. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the hardest things about having friends growing up. Was like it was my parents fought so much that it was inevitable that if I had a best friend over. Which is also why those that have been with me since like early years are like family to me because I spent a lot of times over there. Like my, if all of a sudden my parents were acting crazy, it was like, oh, pack my bags. I'm going to go spend the night at my best friend's house for two or three nights. Mm-hmm. And that became a very normal thing. But many, many nights uh, and days where I had friends over and we're playing video games and all of a sudden frying pans and Start fucking picture frames are getting thrown across the house and shit. And I'm like, you talk about so embarrassing Damn being it. like a kid in junior high or high school like trying to explain that you know to so now you have extremely yeah. low tolerance for yelling oh extremely low. yeah <laughs> that so makes I, a lot of sense yeah and I, I like that dude and I'm probably I probably I'm sure I, I probably launched a couple girls pretty early without uh, prematurely know, yeah prematurely without giving <laughs> I was them. trying to call a cab <laughs> you raise your voice right. get out of my house yeah. you're wearing headphones yeah. ah. but hey all the, all the worth it because I probably would have never made my way to, to meeting someone like Katrina who is just on another level when it comes to communication. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we are the same person when it comes to like our beliefs with, with that. And neither one of us, we could be very, and we've been mad at each other hundred percent. Like that's, we're seven years deep. Of course we've had our disagreements, but we'll just, it'll be more of a, um, intellectual battle back mm-hmm. and forth, you know, mm-hmm. so it won't, it won't turn into screaming and yelling. <sighs> anyway. So, uh, what'd you guys do after we got, because we traveled, like crazy two weeks in a row, right? Went to LA. Yeah. So I did Tampa. Were you guys exhausted? I was exhausted. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was exhausted. I That night we got home. So we rolled in. God, what was it like 11 o'clock at night when we got home? Yeah, finally. About 11. Well, actually, yeah, I actually waited for my wife to get off work. So that way, and then she ended up, <laughs> I ended up getting off uh, there at like 1130, I think. We finally left. So yeah, it was a long night. Yeah, it was a real long night. And then that next morning, I got up. Had breakfast with Katrina, had a few hours to kind of hang out with her, and then I was off to uh, Dublin to hop in a limo and head over to Oakland. 
where for the game or whatever, your buddy. Yeah, my buddy took uh, twenty dudes uh, to the OKC and the Warrior game, uh, and we he rented a suite and did it all up. And nice. Yeah, that was quite the experience. He's throwing it, was, it down, huh? Yeah, you know, he he. Yeah, I guess he just he won a big settlement. He had a uh, he got injured at work and literally lost half of his foot. This has been going on for like four years. And forever he's been telling us, like, oh, I'm going to get this big lawsuit, I'm going to get this big lawsuit. Um, and obviously it hit yeah. because he rolled up with this, you know, stretched Hummer. And This sounds like office space. Remember the jump to conclusions? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just keep thinking- He's selling everybody on the idea that I, he wins the settlement. I just yeah. keep thinking of the worst dad joke of all time. Like, he can go up to a girl and be like, hey, I got half a foot. She's like, oh, my um, God. Oh, my God. Take a shoe off. <laughs> That's fucked up. We were uh, we did uh, we spent uh, two days in the in the city. We went up to San Francisco. I saw the Hate Ashbury in the we went to museum. A, yeah, first we went to the museum De time. Huh? Oh, dude, you know how happy I am that I have a girlfriend that likes doing the same shit that I like doing because oh, yeah. I love it makes it easier. I love going to museums. I love staring at art. I love just sitting and imagining the time period it was made and, and examining. You know what it took to make it, and and I could spend, I could spend no problem eight hours easily in in, in a museum. And uh, when I first met Jessica, she's like, oh, I don't know if I like museums or whatever. We went to one once, and she's loved it, so it was her suggestion. So we went mm-hmm. over there and spent all day in the De Young uh, Museum, which is like art, and then they had African art and uh, you know Pacific art, and it's really cool looking at some of these things to see the. Because you can see how different the culture was and their belief systems that created some of this stuff. It was really fascinating, really, really fascinating stuff. So we did that. And then the next day we went up to the hate and just hung out there and went inside the shops and had some stuff. So it was, we had a good time, man. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys on the plane, on the, pl- on the way back, did you guys, God, I felt so bad for her. There was this woman sitting in front of me. Heavy set one, really big. Yeah, yeah. Like she was a really big woman, and she was in the aisle seat. Uh huh. And everybody she, bump her every time. Well, she was so big that you know half her body was in the aisle, basically, uh-huh. or, or at least a quarter of her body was in the she aisle. She was young too. She was a really young girl. She, yeah, she, she was probably a teenager. 20, oh no, I thought twenty, maybe twenty. Yeah, yeah. She's in her twenties. But mm-hmm. you know the armrest that goes down. Mm-hmm. She had it up because she couldn't sit in her chair if the armrest was down. Mm. And the stewardess comes by and is like, ma'am, you're going to have to put that armrest down because I guess that's FAA you know, regulations or whatever. Mm. So she had to stand up out of her chair, push the armrest down, and then- Squeeze in? Squeeze in. I did in, not see that. No way. Squeeze in so that it was like cutting into her Side. her fat. Yeah. So that like you could see like her body fat was pouring over it Yeah, because she was sitting in there. And, you know, I, I felt terrible. And a lot of people listening were like, well, it's her fault because of her, whatever. Yeah, I get that. Look, I tell you what, 99% of the shit that happens to you in your life is because of stupid decisions you made too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. hers is just obvious. It's yeah. visible. Yeah. Right. But most of the pain that we feel when something bad happens is our own fault too. So I don't, you know, I'm not angry or whatever. And I'm not like, what you know, bottom line different, but I felt really bad. I was watching her. It was a long flight too, you know, bottom line is many, many people, most people are, uh, self-sabotage in one way or another. And, you know, when you see somebody like that, I just see that the the way that she's done that is through food, you know, like, so that is whatever pain or whatever, whatever she is, is covering up it, you know, she's done it through food. And I so, wish I was, I was really, I wanted to sit next to her because 
I feel like if I sat next to her, I could somehow open up a conversation where it could lead to what I do for a living, which then could maybe have her ask me some questions and I could Mm -hmm. help her a little bit or show her some compassion, some empathy. But I mean, I can't just walk up to somebody, right? Like, how would you, excuse me? Yeah. You know, I I noticed noticed you're really fat. So we were wondering if I could help you out. I'm a trainer. I have a fitness pocket, but I was sitting behind her and she had a, uh, a carry on bag or whatever. And she pulls her backpack from under the seat, you know, in front of her. Mm -hmm. And, I could tell she was stressed out because she had to put the armrest down and so people were kind of like watching or whatever. So she reaches down, pulls out the backpack, opens it up and I could see through the cracks, crack in the chairs. She had in there uh, a full a full thing of Oreos. She had a bag of Cheetos Why? and it was just, it was a backpack of snacks hmm. and she just started eating them because obviously she's embarrassed yeah, stressed and stressed and all that dude yeah, that's I was a like, coping oh, mechanism if i could ah. only have talked to her but wow i, I didn't know. even catch that dude i didn't yeah. even know i mean i saw the girl but i didn't even see all that happen that's fucking crazy well, that's it thing, is man it's, it's just, just man just the empathy you know but at the same time yeah so you, you want them to uh, to just like buy into it's a drug another addict. way to yeah another way to approach you know stress and things that are happening in their life and so it's really about the the psychology which we always we always try to to bring up she's a, she's an addict a drug it's addict tough, it's just man. with food you know but yeah. the 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 complexity of the issue we we totally we don't appreciate or most people don't appreciate how complex the issue is it's no different than you seeing a homeless person who's tons of alcohol and you think, oh, I could totally help fix that person with a couple things. Not really. It's a very complex situation. Oh, yeah. When you're that big, it's very complex. It's not as easy oh, as... It, they've already spiraled to that point, right? Yeah. So how do you... It takes a lot of work, a lot of time to, to unwind from that. Oh, so. you don't put that on even in one year, dude. You no, put that in... That's yeah. years. It's a lot of work years in that years direction. Years. She's so young. Yeah. You know what I wanted to ask you, Sal? I saw when I walked into work today on the um, our sponsorship board that we have Green Chef coming up. Dude. And I know you... Now, did you try some, Justin, or just you, Sal? Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but I, I'm really excited to do it uh, based off of like what how they uh, organize it, well, how I know, they make it so simple. So I know Taylor has been working on this sponsorship for some time now, and I've been really excited so about it. So we've been approached by, uh, I, can, I think, if I'm counting right, like three or four meal prep type companies, mm-hmm. okay? And I, I hate meal prep companies because, here's why. I get the convenience. I understand that it's convenient. You get food delivered to your door. Many of them are already made, so you just got to warm them up. Um, but I don't... The quality is always terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single one I've ever tried, I eat it and I'm, I look at the ingredients. I'm like, this is terrible, terribly sourced chicken or fish. The food is not organic. It's if I, if there's it's a, usually just bodybuilder driven. It's just it's just not. It doesn't taste good. Yeah, they're all designed to fit your macros and be convenient. It, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. It's yeah, just that, not good quality, stops, and yeah. so I don't want to talk about it. Well, Green Chef. So Taylor had them send us some samples, and I took some home. So, a couple things. First and foremost, they are mostly organic. Like so ninety percent organic. Yeah. So their goal is to be a hundred percent organic. Um, they have paleo options. They have vegan options. They have keto options. They have carnivore options. Carn- hey. I mean, basically whatever diet that you can think of, uh, they have options where you can pull from, which I think is great because I'm difficult. Like, now the I, difference, the big yeah. difference too, is that, I mean, all those other food companies, it's frozen food. Now this food it's fresh, it's fresh and you have, you cook it yourself. So here's what I did. So I took the samples and I went home and I expected, because it came in a box, right? I expected it to be like prepared food already. Mm-hmm. But I open it up and that's not what it is. What, what they've done is they've taken meals 
and they've given you all the measured amounts of the ingredients and very simple instructions to cook the food mm. yourself. So you're looking at spending, it took us about 15 to 30 minutes. So I had, so Jessica comes home, we open up the box and we're like, oh shit, let's, let's go ahead and give this a shot and cook it together. Best date ever. Like cooking with, first of all, cooking with your partner is one of the, one of the best ways to connect. And it's such a, it's a very sexy date when you're cooking mm. together. You're getting your hands dirty. You're making something together. You're tasting things. You're feeding food to each other. You're pinching each other. Then you get yeah. to you know feed each other out. We, we were playing music. We were having a glass of wine where we're doing it. Wow. So it's not so prepared that you just warm it up in the microwave, but it's also not like here's a men- here's a here's your recipe list. You got to go to the store, get all the ingredients. It's all in there for you. You just prep it. Right, because that kind of kills the mood. I could totally see this because somebody that's like horrible right at cooking like myself uh i usually just hang out in the kitchen to talk you know to moral support but yeah <laughs> this will actually help me to interact a little bit more with with my wife it'll be pretty well cool. then the food was really fucking good All right. it was like legit uh amazing food so well you know what you're 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 paying for because obviously they're they're priced a little bit higher than totally worth y- it. your average yeah. you know um pre-prepared meals that you would order like this but i mean you're not going to get it fresh you're not going to get it organic like this i mean you're you're not going to get it all delivered to your door yeah no it's it's awesome i was excited i remember remember when he first showed me the company and i know we've been talking to him for a while and i walked in i saw on the board that you know it's official now that we're doing green chef i was pretty excited and i knew i haven't had a chance to eat it yet so i'm i'm excited to get some so the way i wouldn't the way i want to use it is uh when when we want to eat out or travel, dude. Or travel, but let's we say start having them send it send it ahead of time to our to VR. the houses. Uh, yeah, First, that's hundred percent. Hundred percent would be a great idea. But I like this one. It's like, you know, we want to eat out, but there's not too many restaurants that you know we really like that have good quality food or it's super expensive. Like, what a great option! Like Friday nights or Saturday nights or you know two nights a week, or whatever. We get Green Chef and we prepare these meals together, and then we feed the family. So. Hell yeah! Cool, really, man. Really, really, uh, really, really impressed with them. So I'm glad we're working with them. Um, you know what else I want to bring up? I thought this was hilarious. Hmm. Was uh, <laughs> like when we were on the plane, Adam, and you and I. I think we were sitting in the same row, and it was super packed. So it was like a busy ass flight. Everybody's yeah. tired or whatever. And there was that dude that kept asking people if he could trade with them so he could sit oh next to his fiance. Oh, and Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I, Justin, dude. this is where Justin and I are a lot alike, dude. Yeah. Justin, no hesitation, no. no. Yeah, the, the like, guy, no, bro. Like I, okay. So let me let me give you guys a, my perspective. You're such a dick. The I way was you a said dick. It. I was a dick. But you know what? To be honest, like I smelled like entitlement all over this guy and like this, <laughs> this lady. Like you smell entitlement, dude. Literally, their only objective with that is to sit next to each other. You know how many flights like I've done with my wife where like we didn't get it organized, but we sat in fucking middle seats and and toughed it out. You know what I mean? Like that's your only excuse is like you want to sit next to your wife. You know, like you know, tough it out. Anyway, so I I flew to uh, Tampa in the middle seat already, dude. And so I'm like, I give him the benefit. I'm like, do you have, do you have a window seat or do you have an aisle seat? And he's like, he's like, oh no, 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 man. So you're saying like, I need to now move from my seat to your middle seat. So that way you can sit next. Like, no, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You yeah. know, move on. Justin's all, no, I already sat in the middle seat uh, on the way over there. Fuck, so. dude. Yeah. I, you guys remember, I mean, I remember when I talked to him, this was years ago. Maybe I'm got, not that nice anymore. Well, the, remember know, when I- No, because you said that, and then yeah. Adam, me and Adam look at each other, and Adam's like, 
he's all smiling because it makes him happy. <laughs> That's, <laughs> my I, That's my boy. That's my boy. You know, and I'm thinking in my head, like maybe she has anxiety, needs to sit next to her husband. I don't know, you know, what uh, the deal is. Maybe they're just being assholes. No, yeah. I don't. I, I'm but with, then, but then, of course, good yeah, guy, somebody, good guy. somebody shined in that moment, right? Doug, Doug, Doug gave it up. Oh, Doug gave it up. Yeah. Doug did oh, it. dude, Doug we, Doug's Doug's which is a, a great a, thing on Doug's his a part. Over. But at the same time, here, here's the other like double-edged sword to that move, Doug. Uh, I had to sit next to them the whole rest of the flight uh, after doing that. So that was a little bit awkward. Oh, actually, that. you told yeah. them no? Sorry yes. Oh, that's so yeah. awkward. Yeah, you told so them I no. was in the aisle seat, and they fucking sit right next to me that whole time, bro. That was, like, they wouldn't make eye contact with me, you know. You I could like, hear a little, you know, a little fucking, like, whatever. Doug's anyway. the guy, if we were all, if we were all, like, <clears throat> it's, like, the, the end of times, and there's, like, scarcity of food and stuff like that, like, yeah. Doug's a guy who I would, like, try and angle on to get, like, yeah. his food, you know. Uh, <laughs> you would Doug, angle on him? Yeah, I would. I'd be like, Doug, I haven't eaten. I'm glad so you good. warned me. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what you're I would. Like. I guilt him uh, into giving me some more food. See, now the universe, like, so he ends up sitting next to some some lady that you know they had a little flirty thing all the way back. Oh right? yeah, was, Doug, so that worked out. Right? What was that all about? You made a, a Southwest connection, huh? Yeah. You were talking forever to that lady. Well, she was very interested in what I was doing, so I was ah. editing a show, and she was very curious what I was up to. So I told her all about it and then i went deep into what mind pump was all about and i think she's very interested in the show or you or both i think it was the doug effect or, or yeah. dougie fresh how about when we got to when we were at tampa and we were sitting down at that restaurant and the 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 two moms the the nurses so the the or they weren't oh, uh, medical insurance god we get there and there's we're waiting in this little um you know lobby to go eat right we're sitting out in a restaurant we're waiting to be seated and there's this little lobby area or whatever waiting area before you go get seated and we sit down in this little area and there's only a couple chairs and these two ladies and this young young kid young kids probably 18 to 20 years old sit down and uh, they, th- these two girls obviously are attracted to Justin. You can just tell by the way they're com- communicating back and forth, and they're all into talking to us. And you know, the the boy gets up and kind of like walks away, and it didn't make sense to me. I actually thought that he was cl- they were closer in age because I they struck me as only like in their thirties or yeah. so, and I thought he was twenty, so I thought maybe they were <laughs> friends. But it was the son, and you could tell he was irritated with his mom, who was obviously. Dude, she was trying to get some, bro. <laughs> she was totally. She was. Wait. She was trying. She was. They were first of all. They were smashed. Yeah. yeah. They were really really drunk. Oh yeah. And she yeah, bro, was yeah, yeah. yeah. drinking. So when you guys, you're yeah. fit. Well, yeah. you, and I'm like, whoa, lady, yeah. calm yeah. down. I st- <laughs> calm down. Why don't yeah. you guys sit with us? And uh, all of us collectively ignored that. Oh, yeah, she yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah. We're like, no one's answering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we'd rather not sit with you. No, Dude, did you... So check out. Check this out. Study just came out. How would you like to reduce the amount of days you get sick throughout the year by over 54%? That's a big deal. Yeah. Big, big deal, mean, right? Yeah. So one of, the, one of the factors is regular exercise, which everybody does if you listen to Mind Pump or you're on the show, right? You're one of the hosts. But here's the other one. The other factor accounts for 29% of that. That's taking cold showers. Ah, they found that taking. Really? Yes. Been, dude, what did I tell you guys? The biggest, one of the I biggest. I did that thing, for a while and I stopped. Dude, I used to. Do you remember the first year when we were together? The yeah. very first year, mm-hmm. I was sick on a. Just, I've always been sick, and I've mm-hmm. always just con- uh, attributed that to 
being in the fitness industry, sweaty people, hot boxes, touching weights, being around a lot of people. Right. It's just All like the bacteria exposed. Right. It's inevitable. Yeah. I'm gonna get sick. When we got into doing the hot cold dips, it was a fucking game Dude, changer for me. It's yeah. one of those things, man. Ah, see? I it's, knew it. Listen, it's one of those things. When you see something that exists cross culturally and it's been around for thousands of years. It's for a reason. There's something there. It, it's okay. It's no different than, uh, you know, humans, uh, you know, having a feature on their body that they evolved to have. The reason why we evolved to have particular features isn't because we mutated and created these new features. It's because those features were left over and they evolved. They lasted because they were valuable, right? Cultures have practices that last thousands of years and don't go away because they're valuable. Doing cold shower, cold dip, cold contrast has been around for a long time. In Eastern European uh, European nations, it's still a major part of their culture. I, I could pull up videos right now showing school children running out. Well, they'll do it as part of their daily practice when it's snowing outside. The kids will put bathing suits on. Mm. They'll, let them, they'll have them run around the snow, play with snow, and dump cold water on themselves. Children. They do this with babies. That sounds like torture, but yeah, it's awesome. No, the kids are having fun and playing. I know, it's crazy. Nobody's forcing them. You can pull yeah. them up on YouTube, and I've been doing it now for a while, and I get a legit, but now we have a study to show that the cold by itself in this particular study, 29% reduction in sick days. That's a big fuck. There's no medication that will do that. Well, just these environmental changes and in, in your ability to react to them appropriately is something you have to keep training, right? So it just makes perfect sense that if you're like getting exposed to a little more extreme hot, a little more extreme cold, that your body is going to be more resilient. Obviously, when we talk about cardiovascular system, the central nervous system, we talk about all these other systems of our body that are it's so important to train them. Why would it not be this way too? Yeah, it, it's like, so logical. It is so logical. And and if there's ever a system that we neglect the most, this our temperature. I mean, when in history did you ever see this ability to in your house, keep it at 72 degrees. By the time you get in your car, I mean, we, I have the push start now. You know, I push start my car before I even get into it. You know <laughs> so it's it's so it's warmed up to just the temperature I like. Because I only want to be cold for the 30 seconds of walking from my door to the... I mean, that's where... And then we get to our studio where it's climate controlled again. It's like, fuck, we don't ever deal with that anymore. No. Yeah. Especially somewhere here in California. No, you... you there's, there's something to be said about strengthening your body and making it more resilient mm -hmm. through... If your body becomes more resilient, it becomes generally more resilient. So, and you'll notice this when I start, when I do cold showers or when I do you know sauna or contrast. If I haven't done it for a while, I notice that I'm less resilient to it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, like it's harder for me to, to to handle it. But if I do it consistently, it's like I'm strengthening my ability to handle the changing temperatures. Well, that's making my body more resilient. No different than when you work out in the gym and you just get started. You have a low tolerance for intensity, a low tolerance for, you know, duration of workout or speed or whatever. But as your body adapts, it becomes stronger and more resilient. And that resilience that you build from working out makes your body more resilient to withstanding, you know, illness. Yeah. So it only makes perfect sense. So we just need uh, the cold portion. We got the sunlight and sauna, which you got to use, right, Adam? Yeah, yeah. No, that's and which that's a. The infrared sauna is a trip. Have, you guys haven't had a chance to use not it? Yet. Not yet. I can't one. wait. So it's really you really different, right? It's not like a normal sauna at all. And it took, it's infrared heat. Yeah, really different. Which is totally different than what I expected. I, it's not what I anticipated at all. 
And what I find fascinating is uh, you could totally have your phone in there. You can have anything in there. It's not going to get all, you don't get this like moisture buildup. It, it, the way the waves work, and it, does, it doesn't heat the, the room as much as it heats your body up. The temperature of oh, your, wow. uh, the yeah, tissue. Yeah, so that, that's the, the, the wavelengths, and there's, there's far and, and near infrared waves in, in all those heaters inside there or lights inside the sauna, and each of them uh, project off a different, either near or far infrared, and it like heats up your core temperature. So you'll be sitting there, inside the sauna and it doesn't really feel too hot it never gets so hot where it gets unbearable like so you know some steam rooms or saunas if you've been in there for a while you're like you can't yeah. breathe it's I unbearable get, right it's unbearable you can't breathe anymore you want to get out because the air is so hot the air doesn't get all hot inside of this thing but your body i mean I'll, I'll, after about a half hour i was like dripping in sweat hmm. so it's pretty pretty fascinating that we just got to get what we don't have in ours yet and we have it it just it, we haven't i haven't figured out how to hook it up yet is you know we have the tv the dvd player the you know, I can hook the Pandora, Spotify up to Dude, it. Dude, there's a fucking TV in there. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, so rad. We got the cat. Did you do it with, uh, you had, you went, you and Katrina both used it? Yeah, we used it. So the plan was for her and I to come here on Saturday morning. Were you guys naked? Uh, no, we didn't do oh, it. Okay. Yeah, not okay. the first time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Whoa. We got in there to, to, I wanted to go in and read a book and, and sit in there with her. So, or I'll listen to a book. So uh, it has Audible on it. So our Audible account, all you have to do is put your username in it. So we're at our Audible account on there. and then. But for some reason, the speakers aren't working. So I don't know if when the guys set it up, they didn't connect the speakers. I got to do a little bit of homework. I but you're supposed well. to be able to, right? You're supposed to be able to listen to music. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we have a stereo. It's, it's a, a super quality one. The one they sent us is oh, no, I think we, I think, Cadillac. We, of yeah, it. I think we have the Cadillac of, of all of them. Like it's the one of the most roomy ones. You could fit p- three people in there probably comfortably. Mm. Uh, it's really nice for two. Podcasts. Yeah, no, let's do a podcast guys. out of there. Yeah. We totally could actually. So I, that's why back to like how it it doesn't really heat up in there. You could put gear in there; it'd be fine. My phone, my phone doesn't overheat or anything in there. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, we could totally podcast. That's in there. super rad. It would be kind of funny to do that. <laughs> so I got some more news for you. So uh, they just did scientists at John Hopkins University have found that there's lead, arsenic, chromium, manganese, and nickel. In the vapor of vaping uh, of e-cigarettes, ah, mm-hmm. heavy metals in there, and we know that heavy those metals! that persistent inhalation of those have been linked to all kinds of cancers and lung, liver, immune, cardiovascular damage, brain damage, and even cancer. And here's the crazy part: you know what else does all those things? Cigarettes. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's funny because I read these articles uh, and, you damn kn- it. and you know the tobacco industry is like, they're the ones that love promoting this shit. I'm like, ah, oh, vape cigarettes See? are bad for you. Yeah. You know what else is bad? Yeah. You're selling cancer sticks, of yeah, course. Yeah. But yeah. That's crazy. But it's not, it's not um, the vapor from these things apparently that they're testing isn't sup- that much better for you. I don't know. I don't know if they're comparing them. Head to head, you know what I mean? I mean, what do you guys think of that? Because I see a lot of kids now with these. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is vaping tobaccos. Yeah, you've seen them, right? About. Where they, they do the big uh, old right, cloud right, of right. vape or whatever. Yeah. And it looks like a steampunk uh, <laughs> looking vape pen, you know? I, I think it's a trend that will die. Uh, I think it's. Uh, it's you don't think it'll take. it'll Because I've seen way more of them than cigarettes in California. Yeah. Around here. Cause yeah, no, I, I don't think it's, it's going to last that long. I, I think I already see people talking shit about it already. It was like a cool thing for like a, a short minute and then now it's already like a, it's like a trendy hipster dorky thing to do now. So 
I mean, <clears throat> I, I guess if you were somebody that was a heavy smoker and it's it's helped you out as your transition away from cigarettes, then I could be I can be pro it. But it seems to be like the new thing that all the you know seventeen year olds to twenty year olds are are hopping on is like the the the, the new the new smoking right. It's now become mm. the new smoke. It's healthier for you than cigarettes, so it's cool mm. to do it. You know. So I think when everyone starts realizing that it's not that much healthier for you to do it, mm-hmm. and I, not only that, but it looks stupid. Well, doing smoking it. that robot. Here's dick. the thing: like nicotine has got some, you know, clear effects on the brain and body. It's actually a, and I hate saying this because I know people are going to be like, "Cool, I'm going to go try it." Nicotine is a is got nootropic properties. It does, uh, and it actually has some brain protective properties for things like Alzheimer's dementia. No joke. Now, this doesn't mean you go use nicotine to get those potential benefits because the negatives of the fact that it's addictive as shit mm-hmm. it definitely outweighs it. But uh, there's a reason why back in the day people would smoke when they'd work really hard because the nicotine has got that. And we have friends that, who is it that uses the chewing tobacco? Is it Kyle? Yeah. Kyle Kingsbury and all yeah, those guys over at Honor. Organic uh, tobacco they use and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're saying it's better for you or whatever, yeah. but it's still addictive, you know? Yeah. But it's it's got those nootropic properties where... So I'm wondering if the whole biohacking community is going to start chewing, well, <laughs> promoting that, right? Well, uh, you see, I could see it. You see all the Onyx crew over there. I mean, a majority of those guys are they were all dipping, so they're all yeah. dipping. And I, I know I that people are just looking for something to use. Yeah, uh, I think it's more that man. I think I mean the real benefits you're getting from it are so come on. I mean, they're, you're not getting much. From I don't that. necessarily feel great from. I don't smoke, of course, so maybe I have to get used to it. But if I take a drag of a cigarette, or definitely when I've tried. Uh, Chewing tobacco. It's, oh, I didn't, it makes me sick. It's to my stomach. Yeah. Like terrible. Even cigarettes. I could never do it. Even cigarettes, it's, the effect is not, I don't necessarily like it. But oh, I liked it. When I, when I went through my little smoking kick for a short minute there, I was, I, I liked the effect of it. I hated the smell of it. That's what I didn't like. Yeah. I, so it, you can vape now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much effort, dude. Too much effort. I'll stick to my, my roll and my joints every once in a while and having that to set the. That's take. the thing about marijuana is they've tried to connect it to cancer forever and there is no connection. Right. Um, and in fact, it has protective effects, but it's not because smoking is good for you because smoking's bad for you, regardless of what you're smoking. You are breathing in particulate matter. It's because uh, it's the counter. Yeah, mar- marijuana's got anti-cancer properties. In properties. It. There's there's cannabinoids in there that are anti-cancer. So it's it's. I've tried to get any, anybody that's a friend of mine that smokes cigarettes. I always try and put them on marijuana. I'm like, dude, if you're gonna smoke like that all the time, fucking get high. Yeah. Get high at least. You, you, you don't have to smoke as much. Yeah, you won't have to smoke. You won't smoke nearly, nearly as much, and it's a lot better for you. So if if you got to smoke, because I think sometimes when when uh, you get these people that are addicted to smoking cigarettes, half of it is just the the habit the of ritual. It. Of it, yeah, yeah, the ritual of of puffing on it all the time. I know there's all the nicotine that can be very addictive in there also, but. I, I definitely think that some of it's just the habit of mm-hmm. going through the motions and smoking like that. Right, do you guys um do you guys watch um March Madness at all? Do you guys watch? You guys I know no, what's salad. going on? I mean, I used to. I know it's basketball. All the time, yeah, yeah. So it's college so basketball, really it. and it's coming up right now. This is all. I, I mean, I I follow a lot of that stuff, so I enjoy. Are uh, the brackets already coming out? Like uh, people filling them? No, out? No, that'll come out this coming week. Uh, next week or two, you'll see all that stuff come out when when the official brackets are announced. Right now, all the other tournaments uh, that lead up to this tournament are happening. Oh, the reason why I brought it up was because I, I try and find topics with you guys that we can talk about that you don't need to be like a fucking smart sports guru to have an opinion on this. One of the biggest things in college sports right now that is highly debated is whether we should pay 
sports ath- college athletes oh, yeah. or not. This has been a long-going discussion. Yeah, and it's and again, it's it's big right now. Um, I don't know what came out recently in the news that, that, that prompted again, but all over your talk radios and sports mm-hmm. talk is is this whole argument on should we give a kid who's you know, 18, 19 years old, going to Duke University, playing basketball, uh, you know, should he get paid to go to school? What do you guys think of that? Do you think that? Uh, what are the arguments for and against it? What, like, what are they well, saying? Well, what's the... Okay. Well, so here's here's some of the things that ha- when you don't, this is some of... So a lot of schools, most schools, okay, especially big schools, uh, pay players under the table. So let's say I was just going to say cuz I feel like So let's say there's <laughs> let's happens. say let's say the the best basketball player in the country in high school right now it happens to be some over here in California at some high school. And Duke University, North Carolina, all your big basketball schools see that and so they're all going to be recruiting this kid. Well, you know, of course he's going to get a full ride scholarship. He's going to get a full ride scholarship to any of those schools. So a lot of the ways that some of these schools in the past had would get bribe this kid to come to school is you know, oh, your 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 parents are you know poor and and this and that. Let let us buy your mom a house. Let's and they do a lot of and the, and they and they can't give the kid money right because back in the old old days it would be like a fucking cash cash right. But that mm. that guy fucking. So now they have like these organizations like so. Let's say you're part like uh, I went to Duke University 30 years ago. There's you know alumni that you know that have money and wealthy and they love the sport and the game and so they together put their money together and they provide nice things for these kids so college life is a little Uh better now all that stuff is against the law you can't do that Mm -hmm. so and they're all and really the game has been for the last 30 years how to how to uh work around the system Mm -hmm. the laws the rules say you can't pay players it's illegal to do that bottom line is these kids know that they're worth money that they're they're the best of the best i had buddies that were like d d2 schools that got money and got paid to go wow really oh yeah 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 Yeah, if you went i've i've experienced some of that with people around me like superstars right they find ways to to incentivize them uh one thing i wanted to bring up was john calipari i think his name is he's the head coach for kentucky uh do you know anything about his approach to all this i thought it was like very interesting the way that he handles this with uh athletes coming in and out of his program because um he actually attracts superstars and so his approach is that his whole goal is to get you in the NBA as quick as possible. Mm. And so, like, all the rest of the coaches, like, they can't stand that they think that he's ruining the purity of Because they want to keep him in the longer. Sport. They want to keep him in longer, go through the whole program till they're a senior, you know, get them in on that end of it where he's like, no, fuck that. There's a, there's a time capsule that you have with performance with these athletes as far as longevity of their career, like opportunities, like something might happen and, you know, this this talented, gifted athlete's not going to be able to actually get into a contract with the NBA. We're not paying them here in college. So, you know, the whole thing about like getting your education is one thing, but like an NBA contract is fucking miles away from. uh, Well, not only that, but the reality of it is that most of these guys aren't even, they're not going to school, bro. No, if you're, if you're going yes. to if you're going to Kentucky or you're going to Duke, you're going to North Carolina for on a full ride scholarship, and you're a starter on the basketball team, your 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 classes are fuck. You're majoring in cooking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're yeah. not. You're that's getting what I've TAs heard. to do all your work. All yeah. that shit happens. Yeah. Well, so I've seen it firsthand, and it's like it's a joke. Yeah. So I have two questions. One is, is there a limit, an age limit, to get into the NBA? 
you have to play one year of college. So yeah. only one year. It used to not be well, that they way. They changed that because of people like him that that have started to to institute this. Where they, I forget what they call, um, uh, you know, his style of coaching. It's like a farm. System. And this was yeah. an NBA. This was an NBA rule. They said, okay, you have to play. This is just recent. So that's only been going, I think, for two or three years now. Where they we require it might be a little bit longer. So right? stupid. They're so, also in cahoots. Why? Mm-hmm. Why have that? So stupid. Right, so what? oh, we want the kids to go to school. You don't give a fuck. Yeah, right. You really don't give a shit. It's obviously no, they want your money. It's obviously the college, the the organization that manages the colleges. And I don't need to know anything well, about and basketball. And, no, and this cronyism is what, when it's this is like. what a lot of people, and this is what a lot of people are saying about the kids. So now imagine you're a kid, like you're a superstar kid on a team like Duke, like I'm saying, and your jersey. I mean. They sell fucking one million dollars worth of your jerseys mm-hmm. in a year, you know, and your t- the ticket prices are up because you're this superstar athlete, and you're you know all the billboards, yeah, you're, you're all the marketing, right? So you're, you're selling all the tickets, yeah. Your name, your name is already becoming marketable in in college. If you're if you're a big sports fan, uh, especially, and that just goes for any sport. You know, you know, one of the things we, we do is you follow college. You you want to see who the up and coming talent is, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of my when we were younger, when we were in high school and college, like we would buy college athletes jerseys. You know, so there's a lot of money that's being made off of these kids that's being distributed through all the coaches and the organization and the school. And so the argument is, you know, why are these kids not making uh, making that money? And now there are some of these kids that are helping produce you know, uh, all this revenue for the school because of their talent and their name. Uh, and then, and they're, they're not, they're struggling to get by financially or whatever. But then there's the other side of it too, that I think a lot of these big superstar name guys and girls for these, these college teams are, you know, getting favors other places mm-hmm. or other ways. To this do is, the way I look at it is, uh, if you, if something's going to happen, then making it illegal only forces it underground and, and, we don't get to see it. We don't get to air it out. So the way I think is let the schools pay them and let's see. Let's see what's going on, what's happening. I, I, and I don't think – and here's the thing. People say, well, they're exploit, they'll be exploiting the players. Actually, that's the opposite. They're exploiting them now if there is any exploitation, although it's all voluntary, so there is none. But right now, like you said, they're making money off of people who they're not – paying and the only reason why they're not paying them is because it's illegal to because if there was no law that said colleges can't play 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 pay players for sure they'd be paying them because that's how valuable they are right and for people who are pissed off uh, by that because i know there's people listening right now they're thinking nah fuck that it's college they're supposed to just be there for school we want to keep it pure then stop spending so much money watching the games and then you'll see that the money will dry up and it won't be that way but the reality is it's got a massive pull um, I personally, I don't watch sports, but I know people who don't even watch professional basketball. All they watch is college. Right. They actually say they prefer it. So oh, it's a pure, it, oh, it's, it's a major business for like all these networks. Like, look at Northern Dame football. You know, that, that's broadcasted to like every single state because right. they're such a popular team. Right. So you know, it's mega business that they're making off of these kids, and so you got to consider that as if if it wasn't like that, you know, if it's structured in a way where it was just this college is playing this college, and then you know only our fans are watching, you know, and cheering against your fans, and that was all it was. The funny part is different. that I don't think you could, I don't think you ever could police it or even organize it the same way that you organize it, like with the NBA. And what I mean by that is like, okay, so. Let's say we ha- we opened up salary caps and each school was, you know, allowed to spend, 
you know, $100 million on, on contracts for athletes that are coming in. Even if you, you, you did organize it, you paid it, you still are going to have people that, like, like I said, the alumni that are part of Duke or North Carolina or these big schools that are going to pay on top of that or spiff these kids on top of that to make them sway. Because sure. if I can go to if I can go to North Carolina or Duke, and now that now that we've decided, okay, we're going to allow these schools to pay them, but everybody has to be on an equal playing field, right? Because that's how you would do it. You wouldn't allow. It's not fair for Duke to compare or compete with Cal you know, financially because the amount of revenue they generate for their basketball team, you'll never be able to get a player over there. So you have to put some sort of a salary cap on it to make it an even playing field financially. Mm-hmm. But even if you even that playing field out to where you could play. Yeah, pay still do players, the other shit. yeah you're still going to have people that are. So, I mean, I think let's let it all go. I think they're athletes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. they're athletes and they're adults. Right. So if they were children, I could see, okay, well, they're under 18. There's that argument, but they're adults. Yeah. They can choose to get a job. They can choose to do all these other things anyway. Like, well, that's the other thing. How if there's how are they going to pay it? for anything? Yeah, like that was one of my arguments too. Like uh, being an athlete in in college, like you don't have time to get a fucking job. You know, the whole the the practice schedule, the amount of like video time and like preparation throughout the week, they own you. Like you, you don't have time to get a job and actually, you know, make any kind of a, a, a money so I can go out with my friends and like I had to have everybody pay for me to do shit. Was, I wonder if they fear like more corruption with with allowing the the money. To it would be, be less. You think it'd be less? Of course. If if here's the thing, do you get more corruption in drugs with drug prohibition or less? You know what I'm saying? Like more, obviously, because. Everything's forced underground. Yeah, but I don't know if you can still compare those two. I get where you're going with that, but I don't know if you can compare Well, I mean, is there more? I mean, okay, let's put it this way. Do you think there's more backroom deals and handshakes going on behind closed doors in college versus pro? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, there you go. So I I think it's still slimy. You probably can still see slime, but at least it'll be out in the open. Slime, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Right. No, I think think they should. I I think it's silly that they have those kind of rules. I think probably part of those rules probably come from because it's it's it seems obvious to me from the little bit I know, so maybe you guys can correct me. The organization that covers uh, college is what NCAA, mm-hmm. yeah, right? It's, right? Yeah, okay, it's, it's one of the main ones. So yeah. that's the that's the college organization that manages it. It seems to me like the NCAA and the NBA are partners, and I feel like the NBA probably doesn't want the NCAA to pay or, or to allow their schools to pay, right? Because then they'll be competing directly with the NBA. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that that could be, could be yeah. that's a that's a good because because think about the amount of money. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not as privy on this subject as you guys are, but I from what I know, it seems like there's certain college basketball teams that generate more revenue than even some pro basketball teams. Like maybe the worst pro basketball team probably doesn't get as much you know sell as many tickets and jerseys and whatever or have as much pull as a top college team. Would you is that comparable? Would you say no? It's comparable. Um, that that's a really good question because yeah. there's a lot of other look fa- at those numbers. A lot of other yeah. factors with with national TV getting involved because I mean most of your big college teams are most of college arenas are four or five times the size of what uh, an NBA arena is. Oh yeah. So college arenas are fucking huge because you have all the student and faculty and everything like that that are coming the coming money and, everything. Oh uh, yeah. So so it's, like so March Madness is that the finals for college? 
No, it's just a, it's a it's a tournament that they do in college, right? Okay. So and it's what, what are the biggest college basketball? That's, it's March Madness. Yeah, March, March Madness. Madness. Yeah, yeah. How does March Madness revenue wise compare to like NBA season and then NBA finals and stuff like that? Uh, well, That'd be you, a good thing to look up, you, right? You would you would have to compare March Madness. I to wouldn't the, think it's as big. As, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not, not as big. It's you if you were to compare the it's like maybe like a playoff game or something. The NBA you'd have to compare the uh, playoffs to March oh, okay. Madness and the and the playoffs for the NBA. I'm sure that it's a very good question. Though. I would yeah, love I to because I'm, I'm imagining right now if the you bring if, a very good point up what what would be a problem and I and I actually it's uh, that's why I'm glad I brought up to you guys because even though you someone don't, might be you like no shit about sports, yeah like you might be a you sophomore. understand economics very well so you understand that this is probably um, it is not in the NBA's best interest to have college because then if you're an athlete think about this if I'm a college player you know going to a cool school like Duke or North Carolina and getting paid a shit ton and I'm getting paid good money I don't want to leave that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to yeah, go to yeah. the NBA but I'll, if I'm if I'm you know still and the competition bro- level is a little bit lower so yeah. you're going to get more time on the yeah. floor all that stuff and you're the man yeah. at school are you right. kidding me like right, I would right, want right. to leave college if I'm the superstar <laughs> at college like, well that's what I'm and saying I'm getting paid like, you, you might not want to leave if you're a junior or a sophomore and yeah. you're already getting paid shit tons of yeah, money or or if you're playing for a top college and a pro team comes to you and says hey we want to pay you this much money now you can go to your college and be like hey they're trying to recruit me yeah how much will you guys pay me to stay right it, so let me but ask you if guys. there's a salary cap you know to the team they would have to like reorganize get rid of some players so whatnot. think of it this way and again correct me if i'm wrong the, the nba obviously is the basketball organization if if someone even with 10 billion dollars try to create a new basketball organization to compete with the nba They'd have a very tough chance, right? It would. Oh, yeah. They probably would fail. We've seen people do this with the NFL. Yeah. Now imagine if the NCAA all of a sudden got turned into a pro league right away. Would they be able to show, or at least have a chance at competing? Yeah, they would. They, they would. would. So I'm wondering if the NBA is the one that's like, hey, look, we're we're, we're like we don't want you guys to start paying if it's kind of like in cahoots, you know. I don't know if they're in cahoots as much as they might be competitors. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, the National Basketball Association is different. I, I think it's different than the NCAA. I don't well, think they're and they can get connected. away with not paying them. You know, so it's it makes the school more profitable. So yeah. why would they want to pay their, their Doug? Would you Google NCAA uh, affiliation or connection to NBA? Just, well, you uh, did say that there's a new rule in the NBA that you have to play one year of college before you can go there. Right. Yeah. I'm. That feels to me like the NCAA negotiated that. You know what I mean? Like they went to them and said, "Hey, we we don't want to lose players." Maybe I don't know. That's that's it. they might have. Yeah, because um, like so, LeBron and uh, what was Kobe, yeah, Kobe came Kobe. out early. Kevin Garnett came out early. Right. Uh, a lot of these guys they skipped right past the college, so they must have seen like. Uh, potential in that so that probably shook them up into like you know reorganizing that idea and like letting um, that be the, the new standard well think about it this way if you're a college and one of your main money makers is sports which it is right in some colleges that is how they make a majority of their money is sports I know this and all of a sudden you're seeing that kids are not even attending or there's this trend where kids are wanting to go straight to pro mm-hmm. you're going to lose your cash cow I would, if I was the head of the NCAA, I'd go to the NBA and be like, "Look, we feed you guys quite a bit. Like, I want you guys to make this rule mm-hmm. that people have to stay for at least a year because otherwise, we're gonna lose a shit ton of money." Yeah. It feels that way to me. I don't know. Yeah, I just I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely a valid thought. I think. Yeah. So anyway, hey, did uh, Organifi stop making the cacao bliss? Yeah. Yeah. 
I just heard Who else that. here is bummed about that? I am. Well, it was so, I was drinking it last night, and I was thinking about that. I was like, this sucks. This might be my last <laughs> bottle like of this. gold. Well, yeah. so they're working yeah. on, I think, making their own version. I believe the person that makes the Cacao Bliss, they affiliated with them, and now that person went off to do something else. So now wow. or- Organifi is creating a new, they're trying to work on something uh, on their own. But So that sucks because yeah, I like the Cacao bad. Bliss. Please don't get rid of the gold. No. The Organifi gold is by far the best. It's oh, now it's become amazing. my favorite product. It's amazing. One of my old clients, I got her uh, on, on gold because of uh, just, you know, that whole ritual of of bringing her, calming her body down, uh, you know, before like making a ritual out of it um, at night to lower the anxiety levels, lower the stress levels. And she's been, she's been drinking consistently the, the gold, um, and she likes the turmeric it. and everything. Yeah. And she loves it. And the anti-inflammatory, you know, properties it has to it and everything has been real helpful. So, so yeah. I drink it with, uh, I now mix my coffee with it because I like the, the way it balances out the caffeine. Mm. Cause if I just have straight caffeine, so it sometimes get I get too, too jittery, too, uh, j- too jittery. So yeah. I'm amped, but I'm smooth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't uh-huh. get that weird anxious feeling. Sometimes I'll get from coffee if I push too much caffeine. Plus, the gold tastes freaking good uh, in coffee, so it's a nice little additive. But yeah, don't get that. rid of that because that is now becoming the product that I use the most yeah. from Organifi. It was the green juice and that are the two I use the most, but I think the gold is the one that I'm using even more so than the green. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, our first question is from Real Girl Real Budget. I was recently diagnosed with Hashimoto's. What is your opinion on the autoimmune protocol diet? What's the do you hmm. know do you know much about this? So anytime you you're you're talking about um, a diet or a protocol that is for autoimmune issues, they revolve around at least the ones I'm familiar with, revolve around eliminating foods that have high potential for intolerances. Mm-hmm. Um, an elimination diet would be a way to individualize something like this. Uh, Whole30 eliminate gets rid of a lot of common food intolerances. The carbohydrate-specific diet, which people on Crohn's disease seem to be using a lot of, eliminates these types of things. Have you have you had anybody with Hashimoto's before? I've Definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is when the, the immune system basically attacks the, uh, the thyroid. Um, and mm. so you, you, and it's, it's becoming much more common. In fact, the thyroid is one of the more common An autoimmune areas. that affects the thyroid? It attacks the thyroid. No shit. Yeah. So sometimes people on Hashimoto's will need to, you know, they'll need to take, um, uh, what is it? Synthroid or. Now is it. How t- do you test for that? Do you know by levels of your. I'm, thyroid sure, I'm sure they find out from the thyroid well, first and then they go back. Here's what right? sucks. Right. Sometimes. Curious, my wife. Maybe. Here's what sucks. You could have low thyroid and that could point to Hashimoto's or it could be something else. Hmm. Sometimes your thyroid is normal, but you just have lots of antibodies. And so your body's not utilizing the thyroid very well. And so there's further tests that you need to do sometimes. There's a lot of undiagnosed potential you know, thyroid issues where people's thyroid seem normal, but they've got the symptoms of low thyroid. So they'll have the goiter you know, where, the, where it kind of gets a little swollen in the throat. They'll have 
you know, the, the side effects like, you know, cold, coldness, um, slow metabolism, low energy. So it's kind of a, uh, but they're getting better at identifying these types of things. But here's the thing about, you know, our opinion or my opinion on diets to help with uh, autoimmune issues. Diets can help anything. What, and what I mean by that is what you eat has a profound effect on your health. And so whenever, it's funny because who, is, who are we talking to? We were talking to somebody. Oh, I forgot who it was. It might have been Dr. Sean Baker where, um, you know, mm-hmm. where doctors will tell people like, oh, you, you know, it doesn't really matter what you eat or, you know, you go to a doctor, you have inflammation or you have psoriasis or you have some other kind of chronic health issue. And then you tell the doctor, you know, what, what about changing what I eat? And they'll say, they'll, they'll respond and say, well, you could try that, but you know, almost like dismissive, like it's not going to make that big of a difference. Yeah. What you eat has a profound effect on your health. I don't understand why this is even- I know. It's, uh, it's not even debatable. It's just like, it's it's a reality. Of course. Of course it does. Like, yeah. can you eat in a way that'll make you really sick? Yes. So the opposite is also very true. It, can you eat in a way that you will impact your autoimmune issue? Well, we know this. Western medicine knows this for a fact. Like- there are, there's definitely things that they will have you avoid eating if you have certain autoimmune issues, but then they tend to stop right there and, and not say something like, you know, eat this particular way to, to benefit your body. Here's the, the thing with autoimmune issues. An autoimmune issue literally means that your body, your body's immune system is attacking your body and it can manifest in many different ways. Your, your immune system can attack your skin. It can attack your joints like rheumatoid arthritis. It can attack your uh, your pancreas and give you diabetes. It can attack your thyroid, in this case, Hashimoto's. It can attack your liver. It can attack your gut and give you Crohn's. It's uh, it, it can it can attack in any. It can attack your eyesight. Well, I just had a, I had a client just recently that had autoimmune issues. It wasn't uh, Hashimoto's. I wasn't familiar with this one at all. Um, and and what do you think about this? This was my recommendation to her was. You know, she's a big fan of Thrive Market. She shops on there all the time. Was I was like, you know, literally just do the drop down for keto and follow and just eat the foods off of there for a while, and then let's see how your body starts to respond from there. And keto we, or paleo? Yeah, that's what I was telling her. Was and, ke- and the reason why those two seem to work really well for autoimmune issues, uh, and I'm this is and I say seem because diet and auto and autoimmune issues, there's still lots of research going on right now. But if you talk to Gut health experts like Dr. Michael Ruscio, they'll tell you like, oh, there's definitely a, there's definitely a, uh, an effect. Paleo and keto tend to avoid completely the common, the foods that people commonly have food intolerances to. And that's, I think that's a good point. I'm glad you made that point because even when I said to her, I said like, we, we don't know for sure if this is, this is not yeah. going to fix you. It's like, this is a great place to start though by eliminating a lot of these processes. Yeah, because any food can cause, right. exactly. Any food can cause an an, uh, an immune reaction and it's depending on the individual. But the common, the most common foods that we find that if somebody has uh, food intolerances or has autoimmune issues, then eating foods that contain gluten, eating dairy, nuts, soy, corn, uh, let me think, what else? Uh, legumes, those tend to be the, the, the big ones, right? If you cut the egg whites is another one. If you cut those out, then you're usually, you're typically going to remove most of the common problems. This doesn't mean you're going to be perfect because 
there isn't a huge uh, individual variance. But what happens when you eat foods that you're intolerance to, intolerant to, I'm not talking about an allergy, by the way, because an allergy is obvious. You eat a peanut, boom, you get an allergic reaction. Uh, when I eat something I have an intolerance to, it just it heightens my immune system. And so it, it makes it more, it makes it hypervigilant. And so I'm more likely to cause these uh, autoimmune issues to become worse or to get, you know, quote unquote flare-ups. Like, Adam, you, you noticed this with your psoriasis. Right. You know, what foods have you noticed for yourself? Anything that I eat that's, if I eat anything in a wrapper or a box, it almost is guaranteed that I'm going to see it. And I don't see it instantly. I see it after I've made the habit of doing it two or three days in a row. So if I've been really good at sticking to a whole foods type of diet and I've been consistent and then I let myself go off track where I'm eating something out of a bag or a wrapper or a box and then I it's not right away. It's the second or the third day that I've allowed that in there. And then I, then I see the flare up. So, um, I haven't nailed it down to a specific food that is, is causing it. I'm not sure. I think I have several things. Multiple. Yeah. I think I have multiple things. It's almost always that way. Right. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't, I definitely, as much as I've played around with all the different types of foods, um, I, I haven't nailed it down to a specific food that I haven't, I can tell you this. Okay. So, and I just did this the other day. So, complete transparency. I was in the movie theater the other night watching Black Panther and um, I had, uh, and this is a recent thing that I've put together that I hadn't put together before. Now, this just confirms what I'm saying right now about the box or wrap or whatever. So I had a, a box of Mike and Ike's. Now, I grew up eating tons of fucking candy. I rarely ever eat candy now. And so occasionally when I'm watching a movie or doing something like that, it's like, oh, I haven't had one in a while. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy a, a box of my favorite candy or whatever. So I'm eating Mike and Ike's and we're watching the movie. I eat at the beginning part of the movie. Well, I catch myself, and I do this like subconsciously. I don't even notice I'm doing this because I have psoriasis and all these different spots in my body. I'm I'm all of a sudden picking at it while I'm watching the movie, and it didn't it didn't take but maybe a half hour hour after I consume that that I all and so I'm noticing this now that you know. I, it's hard to tell because I always have psoriasis. It's just either it's flared up really bad or it's suppressed. So sometimes it's hard to pinpoint like, oh, is it really flared up right now or is it just kind of bad or is it because of You've this? You've been paying attention though. Right. So I pay attention to it more now. And so I've been able to put together, like I have seen two things. I've noticed that if I have ice cream or if I have candy, if I have one of those two things, I do notice like I'll have this tendency to want to pick or scratch at it relatively quick right like right after it but within the hour or so i notice that i want to i want to get at it so i i don't know though for sure what it is i do know though any client that has battled either psoriasis or any other autoimmune issues that i've put on either a keto or a paleo type of a diet um 90 plus percent of them have seen success with that yeah so and this reminds me of when we had dr sean baker on who's talking about the carnivore diet and how he felt so good eating just meat. Yeah. And my belief, and this is my speculation, but my belief is that individuals like him, because there's actually a community of people who just eat meat, like that's all they eat and they just they, they say they feel best doing it that way. Mm-hmm. My speculation, and I, would, I wouldn't mind putting money on this, I would definitely bet money on this, that these people are in such a hyperimmune state that they have so many autoimmune or so many uh, intolerances to food that eliminating all of them except for the one that is the most nutrient dense and the one that is the least likely to cause 
autoimmune issues or intolerances, which mm-hmm. is red meat. Red meat's very nutrient dense. You could just eat that, and not have a nutrient deficiency. You get your fats and prote- proteins, which are essential macronutrients. Um, that they feel best, not because their diet is great, but because they've eliminated yeah, yeah. all the stuff that you know, is I, causing problems. I remember you kind of proposing that, and then it just kind of went right over. But I, I definitely think there's something in that thought, uh, because even even like assessing myself and kind of trying to to uh, troubleshoot as to what the triggers are that set off, um, you know, my acid reflux and uh, this this chronic issue I've been battling with forever. Um, it is, it's like, you know, just eating meat for a while for me, even personally, I feel, I feel like, um, you know, I don't have the same response, like certain things that haven't triggered, but I'm not going to stay within just, uh, you know, that is my only source of nutrients, you know, like, so, uh, reintroducing, you know, one thing at a time. Yeah. One thing at a time from there has been my, my sort of protocol. A good starting point, depending, it depends how bad you are, but a good starting point, and this is from Dr. Ruscio, is uh, paleo. He says when people kind of want to generally figure out like what's going on and you know they're, they're in the beginning stages, he said paleo is a good place to start because paleo eliminates a lot of the common food intolerances that people have. The problem is when I tell when I talk to people about eating paleo or eating keto or whatever, is especially <clears throat> excuse me from a from a food intolerance perspective, they don't realize just uh, how easy it is to get things that like for example gluten. Like, did you know that certain marinades and sauces and things mm, have yeah. like soy sauce? I know. Soy sauce is is full of gluten. A lot of people don't know that. So if you're doing paleo and you're adding soy sauce to something, and but you're 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 not because some people do paleo and they're not super strict, right? They're just doing it for performance and whatever. But some people do paleo because they have autoimmune issues and they want they need to be strict. But then they try paleo and they're like, it didn't work for me. Well, the problem was that a lot of the things that you use, you don't realize that there's common, you know, there's food intolerance uh, foods in there. And uh, the cool thing about Thrive is that they do that for you, they categorize it, so you uh, could literally go to Thrive Market click on paleo and it's Makes very it so strict. much easier. Yeah, it's very strict. So yeah. the sauce is on there, the product, everything on there kind of meets that. And I do believe they have a gluten-free option too, which if you're gluten-free, you're not just avoiding, you know, gluten for the most part. If you're really gluten-free, you can't even have a trace of it or at least you don't want a trace of it and they've also categorized that. So what do I think of the autoimmune protocol for someone with Hashimoto's? I think you should try it. And I, but if you do try it, be vigilant. Yes, you're not just dealing. And you're with, not going to fill it overnight. It's something that you have to no. And you're not just dealing with. You know, I'm doing this diet because I want to lose weight and I want to get in better shape. You're dealing with an actual autoimmune issue, in which case even the smallest amount is going to prevent you from seeing the potential benefits. So, if you do the autoimmune protocol, be strict as hell on it. Like literally, don't even let your food touch other foods that have potential. Uh, you know, intolerances to you. Be very strict. Do that for at least three months and then see if you notice uh, any effects. But I personally know people who have uh, had dramatic effects from changing their diet for autoimmune issues. I had a client who had rheumatoid arthritis who almost completely, I mean, like nothing. Like, and again, I've talked to my, about my godson before about carbohydrate specific diet with Crohn's, like to- almost total remission. Like that's fucking crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? So- there you go. Next question is from Camilla Montanher. 
What is the best program for fat loss? Oh, I know why you picked this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough... You know what? Common question. Yeah, super common, right? Um, if you're... I, I want to make sure I answer this as accurately as possible because off the top of my head, generally speaking... That's an easy one. I can say maps hit uh, generally, and I'll, I'll explain that in a second. But generally, maps hit by far in a six-week period will burn more body fat um, on the average healthy person uh, than any any other program that you'll find. Now, when I say generally, the reason why I say generally is because if you're in a state of metabolic damage, if you've already come out of a hit style program, if you diet super extreme. Let's say you just competed in a bikini competition or you just ran a long-ass 1,200-calorie diet, then MAPSIT will not be the best program for you. That'll just cause more metabolic adaptation right. and will be the opposite. In, in, in that case, I would go MAPS anabolic or something like that where you're building the metabolism or building the strength. But as far as just pure fat loss in a short period of time, MAPSIT. Hands down, by no, far. No, Maps hit. I agree with you, but I think that's it's so true that if you're somebody who takes those Orange Theory classes, or you're into CrossFit, or you're into the this type of explosive plyometric type of work or training, and then you purchase our Maps hit, and you're expecting it to be the the fastest fat loss, I, I don't I don't think you're going to see that. But if that same person that's end of all that type of training, and that's what they gravitate towards most of the time, if they were to do Maps Red, that would actually be the probably yeah. the greatest program for fat loss. For it's them. so funny. We release maps hit, right? And we put on there a warning and we tell people like, yes, it is the most effective fat loss program we have in that, you know, six week period of time. However, you know, if you have metabolic damage, don't do it. If you overtrain, don't do this and that, right? We're trying to be as trying to maintain as much integrity as possible. And then I look in the forum and the people who are raving, oh my God, I love this pro, whatever. And I know these people because they've been in our forum for a long time. <laughs> Some of them should not be fucking doing hit. And I, and I am going to call you out, uh, not on the podcast, oh. but I am going to message you because I know some of you, because I've talked to some of you you know, on the side and you're, you would ask questions like, why can't I lose weight? I'm only eating 1,200 calories. And when I'm like, okay, your, metabol your me metabolism has been fucking adapted right. because you've done this for so well, long. You should not be doing it. Th th this is one of those things where we try to deliver the most education, the most uh, direct kind of like, look, start here. Like this is really what you need to do specifically. And we try and highlight all those um, type of avatars. Like if you're this person, this will work best for you. If you're this person, this will work best for you. But this is this is where we start to flirt in to what people like they really want. They want like a high intensity style workout because it kind of feeds mm -hmm. um, you know, this this type of mechanism. They're like they they love that. They crave it. They they know that um, you know, if it's something that you have been doing that it definitely does promote uh, uh, you know, fat loss, it promotes, you know, a lot of burning oh. calories. I mean, there's no denying that. It's just that, you know, as trainers, we have this, <laughs> we have this sort of integrity based, uh, approach to it where we, we really try to, um, guide, you know, teach, teach a man to fish, you know, so that way you can make sound decisions on your own, but yes, that, that is an option. So, you know, it's there. It's there once you put the foundational work there. Oh, it's alluring. It's alluring because it's it's burned body fat. It's going right to the top. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, if you're in the right state, so if your body's not in this metabolic damage or whatever, and you do a six-week MAPS hit program with good nutrition, three to 6% body fat loss in a six-week period, you could do that. You'd have to have a good diet too, by the way. A program's not going to burn body fat on you if you mm -hmm. have a shitty diet, but- you know, three to six percent loss in body fat can definitely happen, and that's dramatic. Like if you're a fifteen percent 
body fat guy, which 15% is kind of average body fat. You're not overweight, but you're not lean, super lean. You're just kind of like your average dude. Maybe the dad bod or right, right? That'd probably be around 15 to 17%. You drop 6% body fat, you, you might have a six pack. Yeah. That's a pretty dramatic change in a short period of time. So um, yeah, definitely by far generally maps it will burn the most body fat. However, if this is what you've been doing, if you've been dieting super hard for a long time already, not the program for you, in which case we recommend something like MAPS. Yeah, all. in a perfect world, I think you have one or two of our programs and MAPS hit is what bridge bridges you between programs or mm-hmm. finishes off a program. Right? I'm going to be doing right. that. So I'm going to be doing that pretty soon. I'm going to phase my way out of our more traditional programs. and I'm, I'm going to do HIT for just a few weeks, but it's not for fat loss. I'm doing it because I want the the conditioning because I haven't trained like that in mm-hmm. so long. Right. And I feel like my stamina is just, that'd be great. Yeah. I feel like it's terrible. Like we, we were, we were running in the airport and I was like, okay, <laughs> it's time for me to start improving my, my stamina. Next question is from Mike Peterson. How important is the mind muscle connection? Super, super yeah. important. You know, it's funny. Um, one of the things I love most about what we do is we have the opportunity to talk with, uh, really, really smart people, and I would never have the leverage or opportunity to talk to them if I didn't have a podcast. And recently, we got to sit down with Ben Pakolsky. I knew you were going to go this way. And uh, Ben Pakolsky is Mister Mind Muscle. He, he is, and he's <laughs> he a is. he's a very, very intelligent person, and which makes him a genius in the bodybuilding world because a lot of the guys in the bodybuilding world aren't very smart, unfortunately. But Ben is just a he's a he's a very, very intelligent individual, very objective, and we had some great conversation. And he said something to me that I had to stop and think about and examine in my own personal experience because he made a claim. And his claim was, there was two, two parts. He said, number one, nobody has weak muscles. And in other words, nobody has a weak body part. So if you can build muscle in your body, then all of your muscles can build. And the reason why you have a weak body part is besides muscle insertions and stuff like that is because you, you have a poor connection. You have a you comparative comparatively, right? A poor connection. So he said that and I thought about it. I'm like, is that true? And I started thinking about it. And the other thing he said that was that was kind of crazy was if somebody has a weak body part, he said one hundred percent of the time that body part will have a very tough time connecting or at least be weak in its most shortened position. So let me explain what I mean. Let's say my biceps just don't respond like the rest of my body. When I go to test the strength of my bicep in its most shortened position, that's where I'm totally, totally flexed, then I'm probably going to be weak or weakest in that position comparatively. So I thought about that and I thought really hard about all the clients I've trained. I thought about myself and my weak body parts. And I think there's definitely some validity. I don't know if I could say 100% of the time. That's probably based on his experience. But I'm thinking about the times I've trained women with glutes that didn't want to develop or when my lats didn't want to develop when I was younger or, you know, my chest or other clients when they had a weak body part. And I think he might might be right. I think he's right. It's in that super shortened position where they tend to be the weakest. And if you think about it, when you shorten a muscle as shortened as you can, and then you try to squeeze into it and connect, that requires a lot of mind muscle connection yeah, right a lot more focus yeah you think it, and it's it, the same it's the same concept within the frc system and that's really what the, a lot of it amounts to that connectivity you can get neurologically so you can direct um you know attention to 
joints, specific joints. And so their whole approach is to really identify uh, each individual joint first and get connectivity. And so it's basically kind of like the bodybuilder mentality. They both reflect each other a lot where they're isolating. They're isolating joints. How do I isolate it? Well, uh, you know, tensing and anchoring and shutting off um, abilities of the rest of my body. So I don't, I don't get my shoulder to rotate with it. I don't get my hips rotating with it. It's everything stabilized. Well, now I freed up my joint to perform, um, you know, different rotations, different functions it's supposed to. So similar to that now, if I slow things down and I'm trying to actually increase strength, um, like in the shortened position, like you'd mentioned in like a bicep curl or something like that. And I really connect and squeeze to that. And now I incrementally make my way through the full range, but I'm connected through that whole process. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole new landscape of strength. This is why tension is so effective when they do studies on, on applying isometric tension to regular routines, there's a profound benefit in strength and muscle. And I think it's because when you're doing isometric, you're connecting to it rather than moving away where you other- use, You can use momentum. Momentum yeah. and other muscles can help. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah absolutely. Lots of you know? yeah. And, the, and the best, I mean, let's, let's I tell you, say what you will about bodybuilders and their training or whatever. Easily, I can make this claim all day long. The, the, the athletes that have the best control over individual muscles, bodybuilders. Oh, 100%. By far. Yeah. 100%. They're very I can take I can take the same exercise, like let's say a lat pull down, and I can make that work so many different muscles for sure. Just but just by mentally connecting as you as you pull down. Now, sure, in general, your lats and certain move certain muscles are going to be engaged, but you can definitely put more emphasis on different parts of different parts of your body that perform a similar movement just by mentally focusing on it. And I think that's something that you know bodybuilders are trained to do because we're trying to uh, you know we're trying to isolate these parts and develop these parts of our body that don't look. Uh, you know, to proportion to something else where the average person is that's just trying to be healthy or in shape or an athlete that's trying to perform. They're just trying to move and they want their body to move together. Yeah. Well, you know, a bodybuilder is a sculptor. You know, I'm looking to, I don't care about moving the weight or the most weight possible. I, I care about specific muscles that I'm trying to address are getting most of the load. And there takes, a, I, I mean, I love training this way. This is how I trained all through my competing, and this is how I want to get back into it's training. It's the difference between, it's like chess. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like chess. It's the chess of working out in, in the sense that you have to be really concentrated and intricate with feeling particular yeah. rather than perfecting a movement where, I mean, athletes I think it really, athletes I, want to perfect movement. I, I actually think it, I think it shapes it our body. It should be a precursor. So like I, I look at it as like being, being able to connect on a high level but, you know, it, it's really challenging to get from that focus and now getting into the gross motor movements and, and perfecting the mechanics with shutting certain mechanisms off. So, like, you want to, like, for instance, if you're deadlifting, but your natural tendency is to now I want to pull it, you know, with my arms and get my biceps and everything involved where now I have to, like, use this as an overall gross motor movement. And it's, it's tough. It's a tough transition. Well, I see. I can tell by looking at somebody's body in the in the gym, I think, I believe, uh, how good of a mind-muscle connection they have. Oh, bro. I, I literally feel like I can walk in a gym and I could see... And bro, even, we have an example in this room. Right. Like, the difference between when... Remember that day? Okay, we all worked out with Ben Pack, not this last time, but the time before. And <laughs> and yeah. and Ben was, uh, you know, walking over to Justin Law and, and 
doing stuff with him with his workouts. Now, this has nothing to do with the fact that Justin knows how to work out. He's a fucking excellent trainer, but Justin's an athlete first and a bodybuilder fourth. Like, if you go down the <laughs> list of things that he yeah. is, yeah. he's an athlete, number one, and he only trained like a bodybuilder probably for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So the way you train and move the weights was very different yeah. than the way me and Adam tr- move the weights when we're training like bodybuilders. Right. Because it's a, it's, some, it's something we've practiced yeah, for a long time. Yeah, there's a start, there's a destination, whereas, you know, the way that – uh, he was trained, like, say, it's the rear delts. Like, I think that was the one that was the most awkward for me because, like, I don't, like, I, I haven't, like, educated my body as far as, like, the mechanics involved with trying to isolate, you know, the rear delt specifically, you know, from that position. And so it was, like, a foreign animal to mm-hmm. me. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, like, uh, I mean, training, um, the, you're patterning. The whole time you're patterning the sequence and it's something that, you know, becomes a default. And so, yeah, for me, that was like an alien concept that just shows me that I could I could spend some time with that and get some benefit yeah. to it. Well, it all just depends on what you want, right? right. Like That's if right. You, you're, you don't tend to care that much about looking a certain way, so who gives a fuck, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you, you care more about moving and your body working synergistically together and, and you do that very, very well... Uh, what I think I do really, really well is I can I can grab any piece of machine or dumbbell or weight and I could fire whatever muscle I want. And I've now seen the effects of that. It's created a more shapely physique. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I've been able to shape. I mean, I remember being told that I had horrible shoulders and no rear delts. And that's a strength of mine now. But yep. it's a strength of mine because I've gone, I've gone to the drawing board. But do you remember the process of learning yeah. how to connect to them yeah. and feel them? Yeah. You know, I mean, up until that point, uh, I did shoulder exercises. I did the ones that you always see in the magazines, or I do do what I saw that were there. Like I wasn't, t- I wasn't performing movements with an intent, like I, like I later on learned to mm-hmm. do, and I saw a huge difference in the way my body now put me against someone like Justin who's been training more like an athlete. And if we had to, you know, do a bench press competition, I I would say he would outperform me in a lot of movements like that because he will get that weight up and he's taught his entire body all the way from his toes mm-hmm. to his head to engage, to get that weight off of his chest where I don't train that way. I control it with a four second negative and pause and then come You're also out. trying to feel the pecs. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to feel it in my legs. I don't want to feel it in my core. I don't want to feel it anywhere else but my chest. And so I won't be able to probably move as much weight, but I've learned to control it that way and keep it in an area that I'm trying to develop and it's changed. When it, when it comes to sculpting your body, um, uh, okay, movement makes a big difference, especially initially learning how to bench and squat and deadlift and do the good form. But after a while, like if you want to sculpt your body, the mind and muscle connection is everything. I mean, it really is. It's, it's almost everything. Like I can almost, how many times have we had clients that have come to us and said, oh, I can't build my butt. And I don't go have them do a bunch of great butt building exercises First, I get them to connect to their butt, and then we do the butt building. Yeah. It's like that's what, look. We did a mod, right? What is yeah, it? The, step the, A, the butt builder yeah. uh, bundle that we have. We where we combine Maps Anabolic and Maps Aesthetic, I believe, yep. and we put a mod in there that's specifically designed to give you the mind muscle connection because there's a lot of different ways your body can squat, uh, and if you're trying to develop your glutes, then you want to have a good connection with your glutes so that when you do the squat. The glutes are firing the way you want, and now they develop, and you involved. and you yeah. sculpt the body. I did want to say something real quick. The FRC, you guys were comparing it in a previous episode to what was it? P. Oh, PNF. PNF. Here's the one of the big differences. FRC, 
when you're in a position, you have a progressive tension. So you're flexing the muscles that you're actually stretching, but mm -hmm. you also do regressive where you flex the muscles that are shortened mm -hmm. uh the p the pnf pnf doesn't do that oh, okay pnf is all progressive so that was one of the big differences i want to said that because i got a message from somebody who's like no and they listed other differences too but yeah. that was the bigger one yeah no it by no means is it the same yeah, thing it's just comparable we yeah yeah we weren't saying it's the it's, same they've, thing they've built on that science they've yeah. built on that information pales and rails is definitely like it's it's a reflection of, of yeah and i and i'm teach. i'm a huge fan of ken stretch and i i use that only i don't even use pnf because i think of it as a superior uh way of utilizing some science and we've built off and of even that, with so. pnf i used to use like so i would i would use somebody else like to help me stretch my way through that right well that's what pnf pnf yeah, you have so to, you use, have to use somebody else which is you know frc you do it yourself and that is that that is the big difference is mm -hmm. you're you're not getting an outside force you're having to connect to that like you're saying right now so yeah. that's a major difference make sure you go to the app store and download our app to listen to our podcast you can actually search uh different topics and stuff in the app pull up the shows that it's are, better than angry birds it's uh it's free it's yeah. also free, so go do it. I always get excited when, when Ben comes into the studio. It's always nice to get caught up with him. He's a, he's a good friend of all of ours. and A great podcast. And, and Yeah, and I'll be honest. like we, it, we just don't have enough. I don't have enough time to listen to my own podcast, so a lot of times I don't get a chance to listen to all his episodes. So one of my favorite things just to ask him is like, dude, who have you interviewed recently that has like blown your mind? And he normally gives me a couple episodes that is just phenomenal to listen to. And he interviewed the guy, and we've actually, the funny part about this is we've actually performed some of these exercises. Right. We've taught some of these guys. We've used his techniques uh, right. in our programs, which, right. is, which is great. And the, the McGill Airplane, right? Is yes. That what it's called? Yes. Yeah. And Ben had the privilege to uh, interview him. What was the name of the episode, Sal? The episode was How to Get Extreme Okinawan Strength, Three Ways to Fix Low Back Pain, um, and the Best Core Exercises. And it was with Stu McGill, who's like this brilliant, uh, you know, brilliant individual that understands how to work and correct back pain in the episode he talks about how to clinically study like the best back pain exercises with emg so you can see how muscles are firing using that technique um, he talks about which exercises have been shown to actually reduce back pain because they're not all the same um, and then uh he also uh didn't he write a book is it was it the gift of injury yeah the gift of injury and uh that was about how he rehabbed a power lifter who took the you know basically the guy was like not going to be able to move anymore. Anyways, and, that yeah. is a great episode to make sure for you guys to tune into. So make sure, I know a lot of people that listen to our show also listen to Ben. It's tough to consume all of the content. Mm -hmm. So I always like to get caught up with him and find out. We may have to steal him as a guest next. I no, think. I, no, I think that's a great, especially since we're stealing his exercises. So yeah, exactly. At least we can do is get him on our show. <laughs> Absolutely. So the podcast, Ben Greedfield Fitness, go check that episode out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. 
If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.